Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. A week or so before my 10th birthday, I walked to the corner store with a $5 bill and I picked up a jar of ragu for my mom. On my way home, a man that I'd never seen before fell in step with me and began talking. He cheerfully said, Hi, my name is Dr. Ramsey. I'm a pediatrician. Do you know what a pediatrician is? So I walked along silently, not replying, and fervently hoping that he would take that as a sign that he should just leave me alone. Subtleties were not his strong suit, obviously, because he kept right on chattering. Are your parents looking for a pediatrician for you? Of course, you're almost a big girl now. You'll be needing another kind of doctor soon, won't you? That's okay, though. They can still bring you to me until then. What's your name? You have beautiful hair. I was just on my way to get some suckers for the candy jar in my office. Do you like suckers? Thankfully, we were nearing my house. So I ran up ahead, up to the back steps, and through the kitchen door. I didn't know it then, but that was just the beginning of a very long, very scary ordeal. It didn't take long after that for Dr. Ramsey to begin showing up. At first, he seemed benign enough, at least to a kid. He would drive by nearly every day, smiling and waving. I told my mom, who said that maybe he was on his way home from work. But then the phone calls began. My dad called me into the living room and sat me down. He asked about the day that Dr. Ramsey followed me home and if I talked to him. He said that I wasn't in trouble, but that I needed to tell him the truth. I told him no, and he asked if I was sure. Could I possibly be forgetting something? I told him no again, and he frowned and then asked, Then how does he know your name? I didn't know. It turns out that this was not all he knew. He knew my sister's name as well. Pretty soon, neither my sister or I was allowed to answer the phone. He called several times a day. At first, neither of us knew what he was saying. Then one night, one of my brothers told us that he was telling my parents that he was going to hurt me, and then later my sister. Things got complicated after that. My dad had called the police, but this was before there were any type of stocking loss. There was not a lot that they could do. They told my parents to just call back if he tried anything. My dad then called a friend of his from back in the day who happened to be a cop. For the next month, my dad's friend escorted me to and from school. Suddenly, life as I knew it came to a screeching halt. I couldn't walk to school alone. I couldn't play outside. I couldn't walk to the grocery store. When access to me was completely denied, things escalated. It was around this time that he began threatening my sister as well. Then one afternoon, my sister, two of my brothers, my mom, and I were all in the kitchen. Then Dr. Ramsey came bolting out of the garage. My brothers chased after him. They ran all the way to Cherokee Park, where he lost them in the trees. My parents called the police again, but nothing came of it. The only information that they had was a description and a name that was almost certainly fake. A couple of weeks later, we woke to find our dog hanging in from the side porch. She was a gorgeous saddleback German Shepherd, born the same day that I was. We were all devastated. The cops said that there was no evidence that it was him and ruled it as accidental, but none of us believed that. 
In the meantime, his phone calls became more informative. He would talk about who was home and who wasn't. If my brother would say my dad was home, he would tell him who was really in the house. He also would talk about the house itself, about the window and the kitchen he could easily open with a knife from the outside, even if it was locked, and about the French doors that connected the living room to the side porch, and how the lock could be finagled from the outside if you jiggled it just right. That night, my dad put in some carpenter nails at the bottom of the French doors until there could be a new lock ordered. My parents had to go to a company event for my dad's work. My older brothers were at Saints West Roller Skating Rink. My sister was on the phone with her best friend. My little brother was on the floor asleep, and I was watching Devo on the midnight special with Wolfman Jack. It was late. Suddenly, the top of the French door swung inward, and a few milliseconds before the nails at the bottom caused him to snap back, I could see his silhouette. My sister whipped the phone at the television, and we ran upstairs. About halfway up, we realized that our little brother was still asleep on the living room floor. As quietly as we could, we slipped back downstairs to get him. We all went into the bedroom and didn't turn on the light. This way, we could see outside. We watched out the window for a while, and when we couldn't find him, we crept down the hall to our brother's room to look. We looked down and could see someone standing at the back door. He knocked loudly. What do you want? My sister asked out the window. He stepped back and said, Is this the Mercy residence? I have a pizza for delivery. Can you come to the door? She scoffed at him, declaring that she was not stupid, and she could see he didn't have a pizza, and she was calling the cops. He left. A short while later, my brothers returned home. We told them what had happened, and they walked around the yard watching for him. They came back in, and things had settled down. By now, we'd pretty much given up calling the cops because it never helped. So we all just walked back in, carrying a knife from the kitchen, just in case. Well, all of us, except for my youngest brother, who was still asleep. Eventually, one of my brothers went into the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal as a snack. And you know that sensation you get when you can just feel someone watching you? Yeah, he had that in spades. He kept looking around the kitchen through the doorway into the dining room at the windows. He didn't see anything, but he could feel eyes on him. So he went closer to the door to try to see better. The kitchen lights were reflected on the window of the door. It had three rows of three windows. So he still couldn't see. He stepped closer, and then closer again, until he was right up at the door, then cupped his hands on either side of his head so he could see. There on the other side of the window pane was Dr. Ramsey smiling back at him. He turned to yell for my older brothers, and when he looked back again, he was gone. They went out again to look for him, but didn't see him. The next night, we were at the table playing Crazy Eights, and my brother was restless. My sister asked him what's wrong, and he said he always felt like any minute now that there could be a boom, boom, boom on the door or the window. Almost immediately after he finished his sentence, boom, boom, boom on the window right behind him. In the chaos, the two eldest ran out, but he was already gone. A couple of weeks later, I was at school and we were outside on the playground during recess. I was swinging upside down when I saw a now familiar blue Ford Galaxy cruising by, moving very slowly. There he was, smiling and waving. He called my name and I ran to the teacher and told her. The school had been told about him and she took me inside right away and called my mom. 
That same day, my mom had gotten a call from the school office asking her to verify that my dad was picking me up, as he had called to say he was on his way. Well, he wasn't. Not long after that, I woke up one night, thirsty. I went down to the kitchen for a drink, and there, sitting alone in the dark, was my dad. On the table, a gun. He was tired of the police waiting until Dr. Ramsey tried something. He was tired of his children being terrorized. He was tired of being afraid every time he left for work that something would happen to us while he was gone. I sat with him for a while, watching before he sent me back to bed. These events and many more took place over a period of around 18 months. Then, as suddenly as it began, it was over. He had vanished from our lives. The phone calls, the drive-by with the creepy waves, everything. For a long time, during and after the Dr. Ramsey days, I would have a recurring nightmare in which I would wake up to find him standing over me as I slept. It took a long time before I felt like a kid again. I found out years later that when he was calling, Dr. Ramsey would tell my parents that he was going to rape and kill me, and later my sister, and that there was nothing they could do about it. I don't know what happened to him when he disappeared. I don't know if he was in a car wreck or locked in prison in a coma, but sometimes I wonder if that wait ended for my dad when he was sitting in the darkened kitchen one night. I don't know, and I'm not sure I want to. That story was sent anonymously. In the mid-1980s, my mom was a cleaner in Australia. She would clean houses in suburban areas and would sometimes do houses in rural or wine regions. We lived near both. She would leave business cards at the local shops and got most of her business that way, and some through referrals and word of mouth. One day, she got a call from a lady who sounded like she was around 60 years old, asking mom to clean her old farmhouse. She made a lot of odd demands and mom would usually meet clients before taking on new business. In this case, the lady did not want to meet mom and said that she would leave the keys under the front doormat. Mom agreed, mainly because the lady was quite obviously wealthy and was offering to pay mom substantially more than she would reasonably expect. Mom went to the house on Monday morning and said that she already felt unnerved by the long driveway. The house was essentially in the middle of a very large and very empty property. She found the keys and started cleaning. About an hour into the clean, she hears the back door shut. She was specifically told that no one would be in the house, so she immediately felt unsafe. She stood frozen in the kitchen for what she said felt like three or four minutes, although she said it could have been much longer. There was no other car on the property. She wanted to leave immediately, but had two rooms still left to do. Both were bedrooms. She said as time passed and she heard nothing else, she decided that perhaps it was nothing or perhaps something had fallen and it wasn't the door after all. She walked up the hallway and stepped into the bedroom. All over the bed were black and white photos. As mom got closer, she realized that the photos were all of her. Some were taken at our family home and many others were taken at other houses that mom would clean. Some through windows or over fences. She used the house phone to call the police and immediately drove to the end of the driveway. 
The lady ended up being investigated, but continued to claim that it was a break-in. After some time, the police stopped with their searching, and we ended up moving to a new town four months later. Every time Mom tells me that story, I get serious chills. It's absolutely a true story, too. To this day, my mom thinks the lady had something to do with it. But why? And for what purpose? A story was sent by Myra. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.